Hi, welcome to Waking the Musician. Um, today's a little bit of a different episode than me just talking about all the albums in my life. I'm actually talking about a couple of singles and a couple of EPs Cool. from this guy over here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, my name is Jack Costanza. I'm a teacher at Thompson Valley High School, um, and I'm a musician based in Fort Collins. Um, started the project in Chicago, moved out here a couple of years ago, and yeah, have released some things here in Colorado and some things from home. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you start out wanting to be a teacher or a musician? Like, mm. which one came first? They were actually at similar times, to be honest. Um, it was right around my sophomore year of high school that I started, like, messing around making some rap songs with a buddy. So we would just kind of, like, steal YouTube beats and rap verses on it and things. And it was kind of right around that time in high school that I also started thinking about um, what I wanted to do in college and for a career. And uh, I decided on teaching in high school and haven't really changed my mind at all. So, um, yeah, they were at similar times. Um, obviously, with music, like, I've tried at certain periods in my life to, like, make it more of my income. It's just such a difficult industry to have consistency in. So I've always kind of been like, it would be sweet if something clicked with music and it happened. But when I really decided to try to make it my way of making money, I started to like it less. So I didn't last that long being like, I really want to push it for a full-time musician. I'm kind of more like, I'm going to keep making stuff and playing. And if momentum picks up, I'll follow it. But it was too stressful to be like putting all my eggs in that basket, you know? Yeah, I understand. I'm trying to get into putting all my eggs in that basket. Yeah. After high school and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a band. Yes. Um, where I play all the instruments, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You play guitar as well. I do, yep. And sing. Yep. Yeah, I play guitar, and then I am the songwriter. Um, so the project is, like, it's mine, but I work with a lot of people. Um, but I kind of like keeping it as mine so that if I move again or if I have something that I want to do that someone that I work with doesn't want to do, I can reach out to someone else and kind of make it my own. Um, but, yeah, so guitar is my main instrument, and then I've purchased, like, a drum kit, and I play bass, and we'll track those things for demos and then usually have someone that's better than me <laughs> end up doing the final take. But, yeah, I can kind of draft out most of the instruments on my own. Okay, so you're doing the demos yourself mm -hmm. and then outsourcing some of the other parts, but are you recording your demos in, like, your bedroom studio? That's exactly it. Are yep. you doing the final product in your bedroom studio as well, or is that in a different spot? Um, that changes all the time. Yeah, not usually in my room, though. Like, I don't... I'm not not really into like deep production so mm -hmm. I use Logic and Ableton and I know my way around them to like make things sound how I want but once you get into like the truly kind of mathematic side of like properly utilizing compressors and properly carving things out with EQs like I can do the basics I know how they work so usually my buddy Ryan Adams um who just moved out here recently, but I've been working with him remotely for a long time, and we lived in Chicago together. Um, he's usually the one that will do the the mix, like the proper mix. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes he'll even give me a beat that he made, and I'll do the melody and the top line. So it changes a lot as far as like who made what. Um, but yeah, usually the the final mix and master is not done by yeah. me. Yeah. And as an artist, you came out like just barely before the pandemic, and so that probably made a huge impact on you not necessarily recording demos and stuff, but playing shows. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd been releasing music for a while before the pandemic, but that song, I Don't Mind, which did really well and kind of like kicked things up a notch, uh, yeah, came out on the 17th of March, I think it was. <laughs> it was like the day of shutdown, basically. Um, so yeah, it definitely impacted things a lot. I think my band only had two gigs. I moved here in September of 20. 
19. So I had from September to March to make a band and start playing, and we did. And then I think we only got like two or maybe three gigs in and then shut down for like, we didn't play for over a year, maybe a lot, like a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't write with um, the musicians. You write all the music yourself, and then they play the parts that you write? Or how does that go down for songwriting? Yeah, it can it can change a little bit depending on the song. I'd say the most common route for a song to get made is for me to write something on acoustic guitar first and then put it into Logic or whatever and demo it out a little bit, get like a, a vibe that's more than just the guitar and vocals. And then from there, like, yes, the basic route is I will work on most of it and then Ryan and I will kind of tinker with it and then we'll bring that to the band. But there's some songs that I thought I had done in a way that I liked and then our drummer would do some fill somewhere and it'd be like, wait, we could take a left turn here. And so then it kind of becomes a little bit changed. But yeah, the, the basic route is that I will have the thing done or Ryan and I will have the thing done and then kind of bring it to the band. And are you guys um, opening for other bands or are you generally headlining? Uh, good mix of both. Yeah, good mix of both. I mean, we right now are taking like a brief break because we gigged like crazy over summer. Um, so we're focusing now on recording and revamping the live set. Like we're finally getting our in-ears dialed in. We're finally using some backing tracks and adding new songs to the set uh, just because we didn't have enough time <laughs> with how much we were playing. Um, so we're kind of not playing much right now. And then um, we're going to be hitting the ground hard like next year. So. so then there's a hope for new music soon. There is a guarantee of new music soon. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably four to five that are like closing in on being done. And um, I think we're going to do a series of singles for a minute. Um, but the goal is to do an album or at least a longer EP by the end of next year. Um, but just with the way Spotify works and the kind of testing of things audience-wise, it's nice to keep releasing singles to kind of see what's hitting and what's working um, because I feel like if I put a heart and soul into an album right now I feel like you could have that mid-album slump you know and yeah. I kind of want to see if I can get a little bit more momentum going so that people will stick through the whole project I guess you could say you're testing the water <laughs> you could <laughs> you certainly could yeah. Um, so my favorite um, EP and songs by you are off of Patch of Grass hmm which is not necessarily like your biggest production wise. Yeah. It's mainly just you on acoustic guitar and singing, right? Yep. For the most That's part. All that it is, I believe, yeah. Yeah. And so was that all bedroom studio? Yep. Middle of pandemic. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. It was me and my uh, roommate Eric Glime. He was my roommate at the time. Um, and he does some audio production stuff and um, yeah, we basically set up like a two I think we did all of it with like a two mic setup or three actually. It was one by the guitar and then one by the vocal, and then one room mic. And we kind of just blended those together. Yeah, it sounded great. Thank you. I, Thanks. Yeah, I really like that Thank album. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was definitely, like, something I, like, needed to do because I didn't feel like making danceable, fun pop music at that point, you know? Yeah. Like, a, um, And I, it had been a while since I'd kind of brushed up. Some of those songs were old, and I just had been playing them in my solo set, but I'd never really tracked them, so it was very gratifying to be like, all right, some of these songs are good, and I'm happy that they're done now, and I can release them, so. Yeah, and there's a couple songs in there about the pandemic, mm -hmm. like Late December. Mm -hmm. Great yeah. song. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, that was a, that song was definitely, like, just a, a throwback or um, an homage to Chicago like in general so I definitely was missing home quite a bit living out here during the pandemic yeah, yeah. 
Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was kind of your songwriting process almost. Mm -hmm. So do you start on guitar or lyrically? Yeah, I would say most often it starts with a chord progression. Most often, um, usually like a progression and an idea at the same time. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm thinking about this thing. It sounds nice to try to write about it. Like that's kind of just a nice way to like journal and put ideas out there. And um, so yeah, usually I'll, I'll start with some sort of simple progression and an idea. And then as lyrics start to show up, maybe change the progression a little bit to be more fitting of whatever direction it's kind of going. Or like, you know, even just the rhythm or the strum pattern, like, oh, this song actually has some bounce to it. So maybe I shouldn't just down strum and like let it ring. Like let's actually pick it up. Or, so it kind of morphs as it goes. And uh, did you start on guitar or did you start singing and then learn guitar? Yeah, I started, yeah, started singing slash like rapping basically when I was, when I was younger in high school. Um, and then, yeah, I did like ukulele for a couple months and then was getting a little tired of it. Um, and so upgraded to guitar my freshman year of college. Nice. Yeah. And did you take any music or songwriting classes, like music theory or just all? Nope. I got nothing. I mean, I'm YouTube taught from yeah. all the production side and the instrumentation side and everything. Um, I can now talk theory. Like I can like work with musicians and know what I'm saying and know how to choose chords that will work and know how to play a scale that fits in the key and all that. But I can't read music and I can't get into the, the weeds of like, you know, if someone was even to be like, how could you invert that chord and play it somewhere else on the neck? I'd be like, oh gosh, I gotta think for a second, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but yeah, all, all self-taught slash YouTube taught as of now. Nice. You're probably like the first generation that can say that in the music industry of like the learning off of YouTube mm -hmm. and kind of not having to go the college route and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how much things have been just like democratized, like the barrier to entry. And especially with like what I think is so cool about hip hop right now is exactly that of like it is the genre that has the least barrier to entry because you can purchase a beat or steal one, which you shouldn't do, but you can purchase a beat and then have a microphone that's not that great. And if you've got something to say or you've got an attitude that people like or you've just got good taste, you can be in. And, yeah. you know, and I think that is just like across the board happening. But I think it's leading to a lot of voices in hip hop that we just wouldn't have heard in the era of like tape, you know, yeah. or like we just wouldn't have heard these people. And it's really cool that now, you know, without needing a deal or a studio or a this, you can just hop in, which is exactly how we were able to start. And because we could just track through this USB microphone, we were like, oh, this is really fun. Let's keep getting better. Let's start investing in it. And then it led to where it led. Yeah. And so what music are you biggest into like listening to genre wise mm. and kind of inspiration to your music? Yeah, that's always such a tricky question. <laughs> I'm always changing. I'm, I go, I'm kind of like someone that finds an artist or a song and listens to them until I've like beat it to death and then I take a break from it. Um, but in general, I kind of like things on the indie pop and like folk kind of side. I've been really into Waxahachie lately. Um, and then always love like still woozy, um, was really into Tyler for a long time. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty like, it's pretty eclectic, but I think in general, the thing that I always know that I like is when something is sneakily complicated. So I always like when a song feels like it's 
very digestible. Like it's very just like, oh, you can turn this on and anyone will pretty much like it or whatever. And then as you really start picking it apart, you're like, oh, there's like, you know, three different drum parts in here. Oh, there, there's actually a really weird chord that's a passing chord that you don't notice. And so I think that like Woozy does that really well. Of Like the percussion in his songs is very complicated and unique and has a lot of found sounds and a lot of unique stuff. But that's fun for the people that are digging and the people that aren't, it's not distracting. So I do think that that's something I have found myself consistently liking is a song that you can really enjoy on the first time and then on the fifth time find something new. And then on the right. tenth time find something else new and be like, wow, this is like really cool. Even if it's just a weird melody choice where like in this one chorus they descend the melody or something. You know, I like those little little things like that to keep it interesting. Uh, yeah, and we were talked about this um, when we first met each other, actually, like, musicians' bands. Mm. There's some that, like, <laughs> Tool, yeah. which I've talked about on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, they're definitely a musicians' band because it's insanely complicated, mm -hmm. and it's harder to digest definitely. than, like, some pop music. Yeah. But you can still dig into it. Completely. Oh, uh, probably deeper than than most. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tool is, yeah, Tool is crazy. That's like the type of stuff that I like to listen to when I'm trying to, like, push myself. You know, when I'm trying to like think of it like almost a project. But it's not the most common. Like, I'm gonna drive to my friend's house and play some Tool <laughs> just because yeah. I I get so like focused on it. You know. Yeah, your music is great driving music. I actually have your all of your songs oh. on one of my playlists nice. that I just drive to. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, is there any questions you had for me? Um, well, I mean, I have so many that are kind of like nitpicky and stuff. Like I could get deep into the weeds on like the production side or like, you know, how your process goes. And I don't know if that's the direction to, for the podcast, but I mean, I'm curious, like if you right now, I know you're working on an EP, like, and I think you said that bass was your first or your primary instrument. Uh, well, I played bass in jazz band at school because okay. they already had a guitar player. When I gotcha. came in to um, jazz band as a freshman, it was already well-established, like, juniors and seniors mm -hmm. in that class, and they needed a bassist. Gotcha. And I didn't even know how to play bass. Oh, okay. Um, they wanted me to play clarinet in jazz band, which I was playing in middle school. Gotcha. I really wanted to get off of that. Sure. So I just went down to a pawn shop, bought a bass. Nice. I already knew guitar. Mm -hmm. Helps. So then I just picked it up and it was a lot of improv and stuff mm, cool and so that helped my songwriting nice a lot yeah gives you that I, I love like one thing I've been able to do since moving out here that I couldn't do in Chicago much is have jams because we didn't have a really good our practice space was far away and we had to pay for it so to get everyone together to just mess around and have fun wasn't really an option because like you know twenty dollars an hour Let's use it to practice our songs, you know? And now that I have, like, a space in my basement to just have a kit and a bass amp and a guitar amp and a piano, it's been super fun and freeing, and I totally get the helping on songwriting side because it takes the, like, pressure off, you know, to be able to improv and know that even your improv sounds decent. You're like, oh, I should try to write more, you know, because, like, I just made up this lick on the spot, and I kind of liked it. So it, I, I feel like it opens a lot of doors to have some improv opportunities. Yeah, you had, like, your start in rap, you said. Yeah. And they have, like, a lot of freestyling and that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I had my start in jazz, mm -hmm. which kind of has the same sort of thing with the improvised solos and that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of cool crossover. Like, me and 
my buddy Omar, who I started writing with originally, we would just drive around. We would get like sodas and just drive around the suburbs and play beats and just rap. And it was so terribly bad. <laughs> it was like trash. But, you know, you get that one little line that you think is cool or, you know, and my like rapping style was always kind of sing-songy. Um, so, you know, I'm messing with like melodies and be like, oh, that's cool. Like I went down in this melody and this beat did the same thing and you start getting kind of hooked on it. So there is something similar about, yeah, j- uh, jazz freestyling or, you know, improving and, and freestyling rap. Yeah. yeah. And... Did you ever take like vocal lessons or anything or do choir in high school or? Nope. No, I did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I got some tips and stuff from other singers. Like I, I used to work with this really talented artist named Katie Teston and she's back in Chicago and, you know, she would teach me some like warm ups or she would be like, Hey, like you're actually going into your head voice here instead of that, you know, so I got like some basics from working with her, but yeah, no, I never, I wasn't. I wasn't interested in a lot of organized things in high school. Like I was more about hanging out and doing my thing when I wanted to. And so Omar and I would work at midnight and that's when I was excited. And so the idea of having to go to practice right after school when I was so tired and I wanted to go home and eat a snack or something, like I just was not in the mindset at that point in my life to like commit to regimented like that's why even we didn't have like a band. We just worked with a DJ and we'd practice. But again, we'd practice at Omar's house at late at night or in the early morning on a Saturday. Like it was just kind of as you go. So. Yeah. Um, our choir teacher actually introduced me to your music. Oh, nice. Um, a student brought it up to him and was like, listen to this guy. He's a teacher <laughs> at our school. And I heard it there. And then um, just heard like a snippet of I think I don't mind probably. It's probably. Yeah, <laughs> most popular the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I came in the next week, and Chisholm was playing your music video oh. for I Don't Mind. Nice. And so I started researching into you a little bit, <laughs> and then we we met shortly after that. Yeah. Um, how was the music video process for that song? Did you, the lyrics kind of influence the storyline? Mm-hmm. And then you went from there? Or? Yeah. So I worked with a guy named Kenny Jacino who is back in Chicago slash Wisconsin now. And it was one of his like final projects for his film degree. Um, and so he knew the song and basically like we recorded it in February. So it was supposed to come out when the um, song came out or like really close. It ended up not happening that way. Um, but yeah, he came out in a van with I think maybe five other people. Um, and we shot the whole thing in basically two days which was really intense. <laughs> I think we yeah. shot like 15 or 16 hours a day, both days, because um, we had to go all the way to Rocky Mountain. We had to do some stuff in Loveland, some stuff in Fort Collins, and it looks really good because they were very serious, but that meant every shot was like, you got to make sure you have the lighting gauge. You got to make sure you have the you know shield that blocks the glare from the sun. You got to make sure all the batteries are backed up and all the cards are switched. And so it was just... You know, in my mind, it felt really slow, but also they were working fast. They just had so many details to pay attention to. So I really liked it. Um, It was just really cold. And my costume for most of it was that like ripped white shirt that we had to like run over with the car. So it was like kind of wet. And so there were some shots late at night that I was like, I got pretty grumpy. (laughs) I got pretty like, just take the shot and give me a blanket. I don't want to be. Yeah, (laughs) understandable. So especially at hour, yeah, like 13 of the second day, I was like, oh my God. But it was very fun. Do you have plans for any more music videos for your newer songs? Um, Yes and no. There's plans, but nothing that's super specific or in the calendar yet. Um, So I definitely want to do a video. One of the newer songs is going to be called Kickback. Um, And 
that one we're going to shoot a video for. The storyboard isn't done. The idea is not done. But I've locked in on being like, all right, out of these next singles, that's the one. And now we're just in the process of finding like a director and, um, you know, doing some idea brainstorming and stuff like that. So did you record I Don't Mind with the intention of making a music video or did you watch how big it got after the initial release and then decide? We filmed the video before it came out. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if when I decided, because I went to Los Angeles to record that song um, with Ryan and two other producers that live in L.A., and I don't know if we'd, like, fully locked into, like, let's make a music video for it, but it was, like, I want to see if we can do this song a little bigger because we're spending this money to go out to L.A., and so there was definitely, like, an effort to be, like, let's try to do a real promo rollout. Let's, if we don't make a music video, let's at least make a lyric video. Let's at least have some content, like, that matches it and builds it up into a bigger thing. Um, and then I think Kenny might have hit me up or I hit him up, and we talked about the video. Um, so, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so you're a teacher, obviously. Yes. Um, does that impact your music in any way? Like, it impacts your time, mm -hmm. most of all. But, like, lyric-wise? Um, well, luckily, the stuff that I make and the stuff that I like, for the most part, is relatively, like, PG. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I listen to that's not, but it's not my main genre, you know? And so it doesn't bleed into what I make that much. So as far as lyrically, like... Especially, that's why I like teaching high school more than middle school or elementary. I mean, I never really went to school for elementary, but I like that, you know, you guys can hear a swear word, and you're not going to get upset. Your parents probably aren't going to get upset, you know, and unless, like, something was pushed into, like, a real territory, which is just not what I make. Um, so I wouldn't say it affects the music that I make much. Um, I would definitely say that it affects the way that I choose to use my, like, Instagram for promo, like... I definitely think more about that than I used to before I was teaching about what should be on there and all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the timing is just tricky. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's already getting a lot easier to find time than it was at the beginning of the year. Like, getting started is always, you're just underwater for the first several weeks. Um, but now it's kind of, we're getting back to regular practices and writing sessions and stuff. So, nice. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, um, I'm getting ready, well, finishing writing my album uh, then i'll upload it mm -hmm. to all the major streaming platforms and when you started out you were using DistroKid, i believe because yes it says that at the bottom of your spotify thing yep. um the random numbers and letters <laughs> and then DistroKid. yep um and then now it says costanza at the bottom of it did mm -hmm. you start your own record label did you get signed or nope so i just now use a similar thing to DistroKid. it's just called level music um and a guy i was working with named joey legitino kind of knows the i don't know if he's the owner but he's like someone involved in the founding or in the running of that um and so we just decided to switch over to level i think level is something like i think it's like 20 dollars a song maybe it doesn't do the annual thing like distro kid it's per song but it's cheap i think it's 20 bucks or something like that um and yeah basically like level you can do it within the website itself, you can write your pitch to playlist curators. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of worked for one song so far, kind of yeah. two songs. Um, and yeah, it ended up being like such a similar price. And um, I like the interface on it. So yeah, we yeah. use level now. Um, then on Ease My Mind, I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you about this. Um, it's probably your biggest song production wise, because there's a lot of instruments in that yeah. song compared to some of the other ones. Um, did you play electric guitar on that one? That one was all me except for drums. 
Nice. Yeah, so I played the bass part on that one as well um, and recorded it with uh, Roy Robley in Indiana, right near Chicago, um, which was a super fun process. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I actually have a song on Spotify that me and my friend made as a joke. Okay. And we used DistroKid to upload it mm -hmm. as well. And it's gotten like a thousand plays, I think. Perfect. We did no promotion <laughs> for it at all. Yeah. Um, but it was just fun seeing kind of that side of the process of like the smaller indie artists just uploading without record labels now mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. Because I was doing a ton of research. I um, want to start my own record label. Yeah, you told me. That's um, awesome. Since I turned 18, I can start my own record label. It's going to be called Chocolate Cake Records. Cool. I like that um, a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to work on signing maybe my friends' bands and that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. I have a pretty cool home studio. Nice. I don't know if it's as big or something to Oh, mine is something minimal. No, yeah. mine at my house is it's just monitors and uh, Focusrite and a nice mic. Um, but, yeah, it's it's minimal. It's a, it's a drafting studio, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you prefer Mac or Windows for your music stuff? Because there's a huge debate on, like, yeah. which one. I'm so deep in the Apple ecosystem. Um, I just I airdrop things constantly. Like, I'll go out and record something in my voice memos and just airdrop it immediately, and I'll use the level, like, remote so I can get – not level, sorry, Logic remote on my phone – which means I can like be over by the mic and then start and stop the session with my phone and everything's just connected. So I've been using Mac only for, man, the last seven or eight years. Um, and I'm just stuck on it. And Logic is my main DAW. So that's just um, Apple only. So yeah. yeah. I use Reaper as my DAW because mm -hmm. it's, it's free. And you yeah. can't beat that. And you can kind of format it to look like other programs mm -hmm. and that's just what i've been using i have my instrumental demos um like 90 percent of the way done nice and i wanted to ask you about your lyrical process are you mm -hmm. like coming up with lyrics like um on a walk and then writing them in your notes on your phone or are you sitting down somewhere strictly to write and get lyrics out of it it's more the latter it's more that i decide that it's time to write something sometimes i'll think of a funny or interesting phrase and i'll jot that down but Rarely will I try to then continue writing, like, lyrics without the instrumental. Um, I did that more when I was writing, like, hip-hop stuff, because basically you could just kind of put a metronome in your head and make sure that the syllables fit and, like, write out, like, a rap verse. But with singing things, like, I need the music. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, it'll, yeah, it'll be an idea, or I'll just jot in my notes, like, that feeling of this, and, like, it'll just be in my notes. Like, oh, yeah, that was a kind of an interesting unique feeling or something like that so so you try to create like a vibe and then sit down in it and write that way yeah it, it flips a little bit I, sometimes i will sometimes i'll draft out like an eight track kind of arrangement and then write and then other times i'll just like i said earlier like i'll just start playing chords on the acoustic and then they grow with the lyrics like i said like if the if i think i'm going to write something that's kind of sad but then I realize that what I'm thinking about isn't actually that sad. <laughs> then, you know, like maybe I'll go from minor to major and it'll kind of work together, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to ask you about um, how long your songwriting process takes from like um, starting with the initial idea or mm -hmm. the initial chord progression and then like releasing it. Yeah. Um, good question. So I think that the, the writing side, I usually work really fast. So... I'll usually write verse and chorus and a bridge or a pre-chorus all in like the first sitting quickly. I usually do that. I'm not good at like really going back and 
editing and being really nitpicky. So I usually like the writing process is very fast. Then the recording and releasing process takes a long time for me. I just, sometimes I lose steam on the song or I just, I don't really do it on my own. So you have to work with other people's schedules. And I also get excited about a new tune and I'm like, let's work on this. And, you know, so I think the hardest part for me is like, you know, releasing something, especially now because I want to do like a better job with each song, like release wise. So it used to be, I'd be like, oh, I finished the tune, like throw it up on SoundCloud. And it would be like on a random Wednesday and no one would look at it. But now I'm like, okay, if I put in this money and I put in this time and I put in this work, I should probably make a bunch of Instagram posts for it. I should probably film something for it. I should, And then I get kind of like, or I could just grab my guitar and write a new song. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why it can just, it's basically laziness. But yeah, the writing process is fast. The recording process is fast. The finalizing and releasing can be fast when the stars align or whatever. Yeah. And then it's kind of annoying sometimes when you feel like if you take one hiccup or one break or one misstep, that can lead to just three weeks. And you're like, dang we finished that song three weeks ago and we haven't submitted it yet just because we got busy. Awesome. Yeah, my band name I made so long ago and just never wanted to change it. <laughs> and so yeah. it's just my last name with a hyphen. Yeah. Didn't, didn't take too long. but. And you don't really have like a specific font that you chose, do you, for the no, band logo? No, not really. There isn't a super strong like logo. We use my dog. Like So there's this cartoon that my friend from Chicago, Ash Barton, drew. Um, and it's like a cartoon version of my dog. And that's on like the business cards, on the stickers, on the website. Um, it's the closest thing to a logo right now, but it used to be like a five panel, like dad hat kind of thing with CO on it. It's changed a couple times, but um, I think over this next year, I'd like to kind of have a little bit more of a consistent image to use on everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And you have the lame CD on Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the wait list for that. Really? For yeah. the physical copy? Yeah. I'll bring you one because I don't okay. even think that's hooked up right now. Oh, really? Like, I don't think hey, there shouldn't be like a wait list. I just, I don't think I ever really set up the store on Bandcamp. So I'll bring you one. Okay. That is not going to be your favorite album, though. I'll tell you yeah. what. It's old. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like I'm proud of it, but it's corny. <laughs> I really like your older music, too. I started off listening in chronological order okay this podcast is kind of about autobiographical albums oh cool i don't know if you've seen high fidelity with john cusack yeah, and have. stuff yeah, yeah but he um reorganizes his record collection in autobiographical order so yeah. the order that he heard the songs in cool and so i think i have seven this will be the eighth episode cool um podcasts about um kind of how I got from one album to the next album in my life. Oh. So it started with Eric Clapton. Cool. And now I'm at, like, Black Sabbath and Tool. Cool. And getting into that stuff. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that album uh, will be interesting for you to listen to. I'm curious to hear what you think. Okay, yeah. I won't be offended if you don't dig it as much. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for it. Um, do you have any other, like, merch or anything you want to plug? Um... No, not really. I mean, right now, like I said, we're kind of on a on a rebuilding break. So I'm going to be signing to this agency called Future Garden for next year. Um, and that's kind of based out of Denver. And so me and Kyle Hartman, who kind of run, not runs, but is one of the runners of that agency, um, are going to be working together. And so a lot of things that I've kind of been holding off on are going to start happening at the beginning of next year. So a more formal merch rollout that will link to the Spotify page, like more kind of um, specified gigs for different artists that we want to open for, and then also releases and videos. And so I'm kind of, 
which is perfect timing with starting teaching because I don't have that much time right now. Um, a lot of stuff is kind of brewing. Like there's a lot of meetings going on of like, okay, like what about this and what about matching this with this or getting quotes on that. And so it's exciting to kind of be in like a little bit of a behind the scenes build up right now. Yeah. So yeah. I have the same kind of thing, but I'm mm-hmm. the only member, so I just <laughs> do it all in my head Yeah, and talk to myself that way. That's where a lot of it happens, but luckily yeah. I've got some people to conference with now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then your um, photo of you mm-hmm. on Spotify for your, like, page mm-hmm. is great. Thanks. Um, did you do, like, a photo shoot and then just choose one and maybe use some other photos for album covers and stuff? Yeah, is it the one of me in the, like, red hat with the, like, cherry? In the flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was just shopping my friend Joe Cassano. He's just a great photographer. Yeah. And we were both in Naperville, the suburb I was originally from, um, hanging out. And I think I just... I think I just asked if he wanted to go shoot some photos because I needed more stuff for Instagram or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then the album art's been a bunch of different things, like the bubble album art I made, but then um, Devin Callis, who's in Fort Collins, made the I Don't Mind art and the Method Actor art. Um, my sibling, Lee Costanza, made the Cool You're Having Fun art. So I kind of outsource it or do it on my own, depending on what it needs, I think. Nice. Yeah. And are you, like, an artist? Like, do you draw or paint or any of that kind of stuff, too? Yeah, I draw as well. Like I like I said, I did the Bubble album art, and then I've got, like, an art page as well for, like, just my kind of... I usually do, like, a mixed-media thing of, like, I draw something that's fairly simple, and then I put that into Photoshop, and then I color it or layer things on it or kind of depending on how much effects I want to put on it. Sometimes I'll end up, like, you know, oversaturating it and distorting it and cropping it, or sometimes I just fill in the spaces in what I drew with color, so it depends, yeah. What's been the biggest, like, moment or highlight of your time as an artist, musician so far? Mm. Great question. Um, opening for Beach Bunny at the Gothic was really fun. Um, we've known, Be- I've known Beach Bunny, and Ryan has as well since, like, our freshman year of college. Um, so just kind of moving out here, They'd already been begun to blow up, and then moving out here and seeing them just completely like hit the stratosphere, and then getting to hang out with them in the green room and be like, "What's up?" <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, you know, like you guys are doing crazy, and uh, yeah, getting to play for that. It was like sold out, so it's just like packed room. And my, Katie came out from Chicago, and Ryan came out from Boston, so it was like just so much like nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia, and just this realization of like, you know, it sounds a little corny, but just that thing of like, wow, like this art form that we chose brings so many people together like our old college friends and then these people I've been working with for so long and my parents came out and it was just like looking around being like this I'm so glad I chose to do this you know because there's not that many other if I was just uh which no shade on them at all but if I was just like uh if I'd chosen illustration as my main thing it's like we wouldn't get to be at this huge party you know and I just felt very like thankful for like I'm gonna get to go dance with all my friends and scream into a microphone and it was super fun yeah nice um, you've played a lot of shows. I've watched some videos of them oh. on your YouTube channel. Okay, thanks. I've watched all of the <laughs> videos on your YouTube channel starting way back. Oh, man. Oh, man. The old ones, the house the shows? old ones, yeah. Oh, jeez. Nice. You yeah. really, you dug deep. That was like the start of YouTube, <laughs> Yeah. Too. Yeah, there's some early stuff. Yeah. I bet you found my dad's channel. I did. Yeah. That <laughs> I know. I, I've, like, thought about trying to make those more separate but it is what it is for right now yeah some funny stuff on there you 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 watched all of them on that channel all of them that's a lot of footage yeah (laughs) i did i did a pretty in-depth um research before this interview so you've seen the kind of live side difference 
between yeah. the yeah, which is something I, I really like to be able to to do, and it's been kind of a battle at times to make that like sometimes the band doesn't want to go in that direction but i really like like i always think of the song junk which you've probably seen live now great song um it's almost in double time yeah. when we play it live from <laughs> you know and people have been like it's not double time but right. it's probably like 50 bpm up from what we yeah. wrote it at um and i like that i feel like our live show everything is just a little faster and a little angrier and a little more like dancey and hits harder and um i like that a lot so it's funny you've seen those two yeah um, I just got into concerts this year. Tool was my first concert, and now I've been to so many other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> um, the best. I'm kind of going all the genres, seeing as many artists as I can. Mm-hmm. i really into seeing you play maybe yeah, yeah. next summer when you play shows again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we're going to be gigging, like, before even summer comes around, we'll be hitting it hard again. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you for that. Thanks, man. Uh, that's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a nice amount of time to be kind of taking a break to get me stoked to not be on a break. You know, and this hasn't been a break because we've been writing and, you know, organizing the set, but it's been a good, like, just the right enough, right amount of distance to be like, okay, I'm stoked. Let's let's go, <laughs> you know. And you talked about live, like, changing the songs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, like, extend parts to make the songs longer live? Mm-hmm. And do you just kind of improv that of, like, looking at the drummer and being like, don't come in yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends. Sometimes we'll to- sometimes I'll extend something just right on the fly and be like, like there's a song called "What Uh Oh," which like, if people catch on to the chorus early, we go right into the verse. And if it takes them an extra time, I'll just like you know be yeah. like loop it, and then we run the chorus until they start singing it, and then we go into the verse. You know, nice. so sometimes it's on the fly, but there is certain like built-in improv sections. So like there's a song called "May Seem" um, that the outro goes as long as the outro wants to go. If people are still jiving and, you know, dancing and enjoying it, then we just we just keep ripping and we'll change it up. And, you know, we're pretty good now because we play a lot at being able to just, I'll just talk into the mic and, you know, be like, I give me the rhythm section. Like, they'll just go off and we'll come back. So that's really fun. Again, like the improv side is something new for the project in the last couple of years. And I feel like it just, when I go to a show and there's a really tight band that is not improving, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, I think they're just going for it. Like, I think yeah. that it, that's, like, such a, always a cool moment in the show. So I like to try to keep those as part of it. Yeah, I've had a couple of those moments with different bands. I saw Jack White oh, nice. in concert, cool. and he did that with his Every, band. Yeah. It <laughs> was great. He yeah. would, like, mash songs together mm-hmm. and trade parts with that. Super and cool. extended solos that went on and on and on crazy yeah yeah yeah. um and same with the opening band i don't know if you've heard of them but um devlon lamar organ trio um they're kind of up and coming they just played in fort collins they played at the aggie i think yeah 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 my buddy was slotted for possibly opening for them but didn't get the bid but yeah i i I have i listened to them because he was talking about maybe opening for them yeah yeah the opening band they were the opening band for jack white super cool and um they played careless whisper as their last oh, song nice. which was awesome yeah it was instrumental cool um, but guitar player just rips he that's was like playing with cool. his teeth half the time oh, nice it was great <laughs> that's rad um and then i saw animals as leaders which cool. you're a fan of yeah i mean yeah i i love tosin i've watched a lot of his guitar videos and a lot of his like gear breakdowns and stuff and i've listened to them not a ton, but I every time I hear them, I just mad respect for what they're doing. Like they're they're at the top of the game in a lot of ways. So yeah, uh, we showed up six hours early because we didn't know how famous the band was <laughs> to wait in line for general admission. 
we were, no one was there. Yeah. But we were walking around the block, and we're like, huh, I think we can hear a sound check from here. Mm. So we just, like, sat in a back alley behind the stage and heard all of sound check. Awesome. Where were they playing? Um, at Summit. Summit, okay, gotcha. I don't know if you've been there. I haven't Denver. been there. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't been there yet. It's a great venue. I've yeah. seen two shows there so far. Cool. I saw Animals Leaders and Palais Royale. Okay. I don't know if you know I them know or them. not. No. Um, they're just now kind of getting to that peak. Cool. Um, Canadian American musicians. Nice. Dress up like '80s rock stars, scream into it. a microphone and yeah. jump around. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of bands that struggle with like the performing live part. Like they sound great on the um, recordings, mm-hmm. and then struggle with the live part. But I feel like you're a very live band, and like you can tell even in the recordings that like. The song's meant to be played live. Yeah, yeah. I like that you. I like that you feel that way. I think that's something we've, I've tried to do. Um, it's been a lot about just building up confidence on on guitar and on singing, you know. And sometimes I watch videos from even right before the pandemic, and I'm like, dang, I've gotten so much better at selling this, you know, live. Um, but I think so much of that is just practice, like from the instrumental side, and also just like relying on your band and knowing they've they've got it and everyone's yeah. got it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, yeah, not playing live for the last couple of weeks has definitely been a, a bummer, although it's been needed. Um, I'm excited to get back at it because that's, like you said, I mean, concerts are just a really unique space. They don't, nothing else really does the same, scratches the same itch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? I don't believe so. Thank you so much for, for yeah. having me on and, um, yeah, I am glad you're listening, and I'm excited to show you some new stuff soon. Yeah, go check out his music. It's on Spotify and mm-hmm. every major platform, I think. Yep. Um, great stuff, everything on there. <laughs> Thank you. There's not a bad song. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I don't you. think there will be in the future either. So. We'll hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Awakening Musician. Thank you. Is this you on drums? Guitar, everything.